But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. After further review, back here with Frank Vashner and David Mango here. Now we got back feeding. What is going on with that? Is that, is that me or is that the headset? Oh, that's because the headset has a little bit of back feeding. Anyway, Frank, welcome. And also, we got David the Man and God Harris on the phone lines. What's up, David? Not much. Just living the dream one day at a time. I've been asking Frank this question. Um, the commercial he sent in. Eh, you don't like the father figure commercial? I mean, it was it was good, but I think we got to get something fresh in it every once in a while. It too. is fresh. It's the newest commercial that we got. What else do you want, Frank? <laughs> yeah, well, I I figured he could have said something about nothing burgers. Said, hey, we don't serve nothing burgers here. Well, Frank, you gotta you gotta I gotta go back in the archives and find the content. It's got to be hard hitting content, though. I mean, it's got to be yeah. special. There is another. Uh, commercial cooking though um, oh boy <laughs> but it it's really good it, it, it is it, it involves david too so oh. i mean so there's a couple more commercials in the cooker but we've been so busy though and uh oh yeah i was out of town in louisville for a, a basketball tournament and uh it, it was good and while i was there actually you know in louisville they actually have a j alexander's Oh really? Yes, they have a J. Alexander's there. It was not bad. I think. Did you watch my story? I think I posted. Yeah, it. I did. Yeah, I did. The steak was scrumptious, and the, and the bartender was really on point. And uh, like I said, it it, it wasn't bad. Um, but Louisville in itself, I was at a, a the Kentucky the Kentucky Expo Convention Center is what it is. It's right next to Muhammad Ali uh, Airport, and they had over eighty eight courts in there. And the first tournament I was at was for the girls, Run for the Roses. Uh, Gino Ariema was there, actually, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I probably met, was there. Probably was there scouting. Well, duh, Frank. Yeah, that's Frank. I thought he didn't. I thought he didn't call recruits. They called him. Well, no, he, you still got to go show your face, Frank, <laughs> if you're trying to, trying to get the recruits. Um, I saw Kelly Harper, uh, formerly of Kelly Jolly. Uh, played for Tennessee. She's now the current Tennessee's head coach. Um, she's tall. She's only she's five ten. I always thought she was short. And then I realized when she played with girls that were probably six two, six three, she looked short. But yeah, she was there. Um, some UCLA coaches was there. Former coach here, Nietzsche Perry, who's the coach at Toledo. She's now at West Virginia. She was there. So this was the big extravaganza for the girls side of the game. And then my team played at Balling Under One Roof. Which then it was D two D threes for the boys side because obviously the D ones now the Division one and Division two can come out for live periods now. 
um, they were down in Atlanta for um, Adidas and Nike EYBL was earlier this week. So um, pretty interesting thing with Louisville. Um, it's different. It's over there by the Ohio River. Beautiful over there by the Ohio River. And I would mention, too, um, I was at the Muhammad Ali Museum. If you go to Louisville, Kentucky, you got to check that out. I don't know, David, have you been to Louisville, Kentucky? Sure, I've been through. I haven't had a chance to actually stop and go to the Ali Museum yet. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so th- th- that's pretty interesting. Just some weird things, though, with Louisville. For one thing, I will tell you this. It, down south, it is very slow. Like, their freeway is only 55 miles an hour. That's probably, like, right through down- downtown areas, because I know that's kind of like that in parts of Detroit and around Cleveland as well. Yeah, it was it was more by the airport. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lead-footed. I'm used to hitting that 65, 70, maybe 80-ish. And I was wondering, like, why are the cars going so slow? And then I saw a sign that said 55. I'm like, 55? Nah, dude, you need to put the pedal to the metal. Get that bad boy revving. So, And it was a little bit closer to downtown. But once you get out to the, the airport, obviously, there's a lot more land. So, you know, you can kind of bump up the speed a little bit. But obviously, while I was down in Louisville, Kentucky, the USA basketball team ended up playing Nigeria. Didn't get a chance to see the game. But after I ate a delicious steak at Jay Alexander's and had a couple cocktails, I get home to the hotel and come to find out Mike Brown is celebrating with the Nigerian team as they pretty much beat USA basketball. Now, okay, they beat them. We know the world is catching up. Come on, let's face it. Most teams have at least one or two NBA players on it, not to mention a lot of NBA and high caliber NCAA college coaches are going overseas to coach. Like Calipari was coaching with the Puerto Rican team a couple years ago. So, I mean, let's face it, you know, now that you know, no one's afraid of the USA anymore, this is not the dream team era where, you know, oh, wow, I saw those guys on TV. I'm going to get a picture with them. Most of these guys compete against these guys. Uh, night in and night out in the NBA or some of them have had a cup of coffee in the NBA or they've played against them several times in competition play. Okay. Uh, the surprising thing was though, that then they lost again to Australia. So now here comes the question. Should people be concerned about this? David, I'll let you give your thoughts first. What do you think? What is, as Frank says, what say ye? Is that what you say? I have said that. Yes. With his Red Wings hat on. All right, go. So I, I don't think that the USA should be worried about the men or the, really the women's Olympic basketball oh, team. Yeah, the women lost with, Friday night, too. Yeah. And then also kind of their exhibition against the WNBA All-Star team. Hey, Agumawale uh, put on a show, though. I mean, I, I, I can live with that one because... It's WNBA players versus WNBA players. But then again, though, like I said, Australia has, I think, a couple WNBA players on their team as well. So it's kind of like it's not it's not the discrepancies as it was back in the day. No, and, and that's kind of the reason why I'm not concerned. And we'll kind of start with the women. I think kind of looking at the women's team, one, they, Friday night, they didn't shoot the ball well. They're uncharacteristically, you know, bad with the ball in terms of having AT turnovers. Like you don't think about Team USA with an 18 turnover team, especially kind of the caliber that we have. Uh, defensively, they just uh, they didn't look up to it in terms of inside the post. Um, like Australia shot the ball really well, especially from deep. Some of the conversations I've seen is not having Diane Taurasi, who's one of our best players, and how she will fit back into the rotation. True. Kind of once she's able to kind of come back and, if she is if she is healthy enough to play at the Olympics, kind of how that rotation will look, and so 
and like you said, particularly in the women's game, because a lot of these women kind of are familiar with WNBA experience, collegiate experience, the gap is far closer than any of the other Olympics that the U.S. women have played in. So it's not as though we are playing bad, although we did play well, or we did play poorly and we struggled from the field, especially from our shooting. We have to get better from the perimeter. Um, but we've seen the women, on the women's side, there have been opportunities where they've shown, uh, if they have a bad night and a good team is on their game, you can get beat. Any team can beat any other team on any given day. True. That 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 is, uh, that is true, and you, and the big key though is though they don't have Deanna, Deanna, Diana Diana Tra- Diana man I can't pronounce words today, and that's a big kind of you know she gets you buckets. Uh, Brianna Stewart I think believe she led the team USA with seventeen points and had a chance to tie it up with a a, a three pointer at the end, but she uh, she missed. Now obviously these are exhibition games, and I will say this: the days of just putting guys on the team or the girls on the team and just thinking you're going to go out and rock people or are over. You have to have a right blend of players too. You have to have a balance of shooting and post presence. Um, I mean, there's, there's rule differences in the FIBA. I mean, it, it just is. I mean, there's no defensive three seconds. Some people were saying, so you can have a big guy just, you know, camping in the lane. You know, there's there's and there's not a lot of freedom of movement either in the uh, FIBA game. It's it's a lot. It's a lot physical. It's very physical. And you and we and you know the USA men's basketball team was talking about how they were looking for fouls and they weren't getting the calls like the NBA refs. But in the international game, it's physical. You can ride on the guys. I mean, it's 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 almost like kind of like the professional version of college, where. It's tighter spaces. Obviously, the line is a little bit shorter. You can clog the lane if you're a driver. And the spread the defense is you need to have shooters. If you don't have shooters, now hopefully Devin Booker and Chris Middleton will be there um, after the NBA Finals. But you don't know how exhausted they'll probably be uh, to spread that floor. If not, they're going to you know clog the lane. And you're not going to get any driving lanes. And really, we don't have any true post play. So that, that could be a concern. Um, but other than that, though, you know, you just got to get adjusted to the international game. Yeah, and I, and I think I was thinking about the men's the men's game. I mean, they re, they did what you so often often see. They revert to NBA kind of ISO one on one, and in the in the international game, like yeah, that might you know get you a couple buckets here or there. But with some of these teams, that again, a lot of these guys, like you said. Cup of tea in the NBA, familiarity with a lot of these players. They're familiar. They're coached by coaches that have time either in the college world or kind of NBA assistants. So they're aware of kind of the pros and cons of or the strengths and weaknesses of these NBA players that Team USA throws out there. So I think for the men, it's one the chemistry, realizing that hey, you can't just play ISO ball. You know, oh, you get you know. This possession is Kevin Durant. This possession is Damian Lillard. You know, this possession is Jason Dave. Like that's not going to work on the NBA game. So I think, and especially since that gap isn't as wide, get about the women between themselves and the international game. I think the men really need to kind of hunker down. And I know Pop has 
a Zen master, but it's 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 going to be easy. I can see the women getting to the Olympic final. I don't know if the men get past the semis if they don't kind of get this, get everything together, and you know, get the ship righted. Uh, you you think the men will have more problems, Frank? What you think? You over there, or you on that hockey? You still on hockey? No, I was just listening to you guys. I think I would say. I wouldn't be too concerned because I mean, kind of like what you said. These other these other teams they've got they've got NBA talent. This isn't just a bunch of scrubs from one country getting together just to get destroyed. Boy, they're they're going out there and they're going to go and compete. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it just kind of tells USA is like, yeah, hey, we got to play better. Or, but I think probably once uh, it's time for the rubber to meet the road, I think. Greg Popovich is going to get the most out of them, um, and they're going to, and I think they're going to be playing a lot better. And I know people say, "Oh, well, they won't even make the medal round." Pump the brakes! It's exhibition play. It doesn't mean squat. Well, I don't know. It, it kind of, even in exhibition play though, they still won. I mean, oh, I understand yeah. it's the tune-up game and everything like that, but. Kind of having that mindset, well, you know, it was just a warm-up game. It doesn't count. What's your mentality going into this? I mean, you're showing somewhat weakness. I mean, that's what I think. I really think that, that, you know, you should be winning. I understand the days of the 30-point games are over. Now, against Nigeria, I think the last time Team USA played them, what was it, 2012, I believe? And they beat them by, like, 37 points. Yeah. Yeah. It was a white scale. So it, you know, I can understand that. I now, but they, but they should be at least winning the games by ten to fifteen points, not not losing. And how the game, you know, bits and pieces that I saw, it 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 was Nigeria really was outplaying Team USA. I mean, they earned the win out there. Um, but I, I like I said, I'm not expecting you know Charles Barkley to elbow somebody in the chest type of deal and guys getting dunked all over. I totally understand that. But at the same time, though, you know, you got Kevin Durant, who's probably right now, even coming off the Achilles injury, one of the top basketball players in the world, and you're still losing. Yeah, and kind of, and kind of thinking that the first, like thinking about the group stage within the Olympics. So we're in the group with Czech, the Czech Republic, Iran. And France, and France was our leading off. So in a week's time, you have to think about how how is this team going to look, knowing that Rudy Gobert is going to be in the center like he is. You have the ability of a shooter if you know if he's on, and Evan Fournier, like Nicholas Batum, NBA experience, Timothy Luau um, from formerly of Philadelphia. Frankie Yen from formerly, you know, of the Knicks. Like, there are NBA-caliber players and a French team that has similar chemistry, or there are even more so than Team USA. So thinking about kind of that meshing together, the French, like, that's a tough opening round matchup. And so the pressure is even more onus on Team USA to try to figure it out in their tune-up game against Spain on Sunday night. Because, again, Spain is high-caliber, full of NBA players. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. going to be a solid 
stepping stone. The Gasol brothers, uh, Ricky Rubio. I mean, even in 2008 with the Redeem team, that was even a great Olympic uh, gold medal game. I, I remember it like yesterday. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Greg Popovich getting in a heated exchange after Team USA losing to Australia. Are you on the floor? You no, know, good. Okay. You done? Let me let me also answer that question. You know, you asked the same sort of question, the same family of question last time, uh, where you assume things that are not true. When you just mentioned, you know, blowing these teams out, that's never happened. So I don't know where you get that. Um, so, can I finish? No, I mean, can I finish? You're saying that's not true. That your average margin. Can I finish my statement? Like thirty points a game. In those two, in those last two tournaments, I was talking. About can I can I finish my statement? Okay. When you talk. You just told me that it's not true, and I'm telling you your average margin. Are you going to let me finish my statement or not? So you'll be quiet now while I talk, and then I'll listen to you. When you make statements about in the past just blowing out these other teams, number one, you give no respect to the other teams. And I talked to you last time about the same thing. We've had very close games against four or five countries in all these tournaments. So the good teams do not get blown out. There are certain games that might happen in one of the tournaments in the World Championship, the Olympics, where somebody gets blown out. But in general, nobody's blowing anybody out for the good teams. So when you make a statement like that, it's like you assume that's what's going on. And that's incorrect. Thoughts, fellas? Thoughts? Well, uh... Greg Popovich sounded like uh, somebody's dad there. <laughs> let, me, let me finish. We yeah. Let me finish. David? Yeah, I mean, we, we know Greg Popovich. One, he doesn't really talk. I mean, he's historically known for his relationship to the media as being, yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. But I, I, I kind of understand where Greg Popovich is, and obviously the frustration, just the irritation of, kind of the Team USA performance and just everything culminating and just seven that he took it out on this this one person asking a question and yeah, it just kind of bubbled up. But that's that's also typical Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. Like just him and the media just they're not fans of each other. But doesn't he have a point though? I mean, this does assume that we blown it and I understand in the past, you're talking about, okay, you've beaten some of these teams by 30 points. But we all have, have been saying this for the last, since 2004, when the Olympic team, I believe, got the bronze medal, that this day was coming. Everybody knew that this day was going to be coming where the games are going to get more and more competitive. Now, there's been some years, I think, consistently, some countries have had stronger teams in certain Olympic years than others. But he's kind of got a point. We need to stop assuming that we're going to just go in there, trounce this teams, and then when we don't do it, it I mean, it's a no-win. I've, I've realized it's a no-win for USA basketball. If you don't win, it's a loss. If you don't beat up on the team enough, it's a loss. I mean, it's basically they're expecting you to win by 40, 50 points. Yeah, and I think that's part of the – that's something that we as kind of just the American fan base, like, we just have to get kind of our heads out of our butts and realize, like, hey, we aren't that dominant team and, you know, on the world basketball thing. Like, yes, we have the best players in the world, but the NBA is filled with the best players in the world, and they happen to be from other countries other than the United States. 
That's why Spain is so tough, always gives us competition. That's why we're seeing Australia, and Australia didn't even have Ben Simmons. That's a whole other story. Like their teams, yeah, but he's not going to shoot. I mean, come on, you know, he's going to he's going to collapse. I mean, let's let's face it, David. Well, I mean, just kind of thinking like NBA talent that are at that as you know at the NBA level from other countries. So it's not as though like in he has in our squad versus the caliber of NBA talent that comes from the international game. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think people are kind of holding on to that, thinking. Oh, you know, Kevin Durant, best player in the world. He can go out and drop 40. Damian Miller, one of the best shooters. He can, you know, get us a 30 point get and get 30. So, they, you know, well, he doesn't play defense right either. There. Well, he doesn't really play defense. But, uh, it's just, it's like we have to get out of our own heads thinking that Team USA is just going to dominate everyone in, in every sport because, you know, we're America. We invented the game. Like, other teams are good too. Well, that's well. You should have that mentality, though. I mean, that's the standard that was started by the Dream Team. Now, obviously, for years we sent the college guys over there, and they would kill. And then after a while, you had to realize that like, you know we got to send our grown men over there. And after that, we were killing. And you know they they've just caught up. But I mean, the game has grown so much globally. I mean, think about it. They have the African League now that has like it's almost like American players can go over there. And still try to get a job in the NBA, and then they have the people over there in that country as well that can showcase their skills. I mean, it's pretty crazy nowadays. Yeah, I mean, the game is just going to continue to grow and grow. And think about you know countries that don't even have that didn't even qualify for the Olympics. I mean, we're thinking about a Croatia team that has produced NBA talent. What so about Canada? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, Wiggins was on that team, actually. I mean, that, that's why they lost, because, you know, they were relying on Wiggins. Well, and but look at Wiggins Slovenia. Slovenia had to qualify, and they had to basically be on Luka's back. Yeah. And I, and I mean, while well, kind of thinking about Canada and kind of listening to a little bit of TSN, they realized that that team, that team was way too young to kind of... Like, they were young and trying to do the NBA ISO ball, and it's like... Both the experience and the reality that this is not the NBA kind of caught up to Team Canada. Where, and I mean, obviously, we make the jokes that, I mean, look look at the guys that are carrying them. Wiggins, that everyone thinks, like, took forever to not be a bus. Anthony Bennett, who consistently is considered the biggest bus. Um, biggest bus not named Michael Ola Candy. No, 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 people say Bennett's worse than the Candyman. <laughs> I put I put them at the same table, right, right in the right in the very back corner where they belong. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see July twenty fifth, USA versus France. Like that, that's going to tell us how. That's really going to tell us what this team is capable of at this Olympics. Because if we if we go out and play, quote unquote how we're supposed to, it would be a competitive match. I'm not saying it's going to be a blog because France is not going to allow it to be a blog because they have too much talent. But we're going to see the hardest. Can they work together? Can they be a team? Or will they resort to, you know, NBA ISO ball? Well, David, real quick, you mentioned the France is, I can't remember if, uh, is Killian Hayes going to be on France's team or is he still recovered from his hip injury? 
Uh, he's not listed on the confirmed Olympic basketball okay. rosters. But uh, I, a, I was just asking out of I mean, curiosity. He, especially since he plays for the Pistons. Right. Anything else on this subject, fellas, as we move on? David, you got anything more to add? Nope. It's, it's going to be interesting, and all the basketball heads are going to watch this with deep interest. Well, and that and that's the thing. Well, and obviously the the goal is to win gold. So the, the, I think the storyline is everyone is saying this is why I'm concerned. Everyone's like, "Well, it's just an exhibition game." And this is a, sometimes it's kind of a warning sign where they like they say, "Well, there's smoke, there's fire." Now, if Devin Booker and Chris Middleton come in and they're not exhausted from the finals, you know, does that give them death? Possibly. But if this Olympic team doesn't win gold, People are going to hyperventilate. I mean, let's be honest. You know, 2004 was when there was kind of a wake-up call that, we you know, we got to be more selective. You know, people take pride in trying to play for the USA. Because, you know, every, all these NBA guys are like, well, I'm going to take off. Let the uh, younger guys get it. Let someone else get a chance. And then you get smacked around. And then in 2024, probably, because I think they'll go back to the original, the, the, the on schedule time last year, obviously we're supposed to have the Olympics, but because of COVID, we didn't have it. Um, so now, now everybody's going to probably be all about the, the, the pride of the country and trying to get that gold medal. So you're right. I think it'll be interesting. Um, I do understand that, collectively the world has caught up with us and you know i know i know my australian buddy and fellow coach was at it's ecstatic that australia won and I, I gave him the clapping hands is an emoji on the on the, our text chain but uh at the same time though it's like let's see what they do when it gets down to the nitty-gritty and stuff like that in, in in the olympic play and see what we do now if they get now unless this will be really bad it'll tell you how much they've caught up or this team is just bad if what if they don't get any medals then what do you guys think um there's probably going to be a lot of long looking at okay what do we got to do for 2024 that's possible david oh they're going to be calling for popovich's head they're going to oh the the ridicule of Kevin Durant is just going to last us until January. So they'll pretty much mess with their legacies, then, you think? Yeah, it, it, it's going to be these teams are, you know, these guys are horrible. They should never play for Team USA again. Popovich should quit. You know, they should just get rid of Team USA basketball. This is, embar- this is more embarrassing than the Redeemed team. Um, how could we lose? Yeah. Well, isn't this the first year that uh, Mike Krzyzewski isn't coaching the team? Yes, it is. Well, yeah, well Pop. Pop coached in the, the the Tournament of Americans, I believe, where they got seventh. Remember? That was back in 2019. They got uh, seventh place. Okay. I Again, I I don't follow the international play that closely. So. Right, right. Well, it was two years ago, and, the, and COVID kind of threw everything off. But, you know, everyone forgets that team. But there were still NBA players on that team. But they did get seventh. But, yeah, hey, we'll, we'll see what we'll see going on. Anyway, this has been a presentation of 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Did you guys uh, listen to the, the ones I posted? I know I posted it a week late because I was out of town, but did you guys listen to them? Yeah, I gave it a quick listen when I had some free time. Mm, okay, good. David, have you been listening? Have you been letting your congregation know? Yep, giving them two thumbs up. Um. Uh, sharing it where I can. 
Okay. Tell people to listen. Okay, well, we'll take a quick commercial break. Coming up, David, you talk a little football, and we're not talking about Americana. We're talking about football, the national with the soccer ball. Uh, give us a little teaser, uh, David. Uh, in a kind of a quick Europe, European 2020 winners or losers, and why racism in soccer is not going to end anytime soon. Well, there's racism, racism all over the world. If it's not going to end in the world, what makes you think it's going to end in soccer? You'll have to find out when we come back from this break. Oh, good. Good teaser there, David. Make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes and WHUTs after further review with a picture of Frank Bashner and the horse's head. When we return, one of our last segments with David Manigot Harris with European Soccer. That and more, 88.3 WCTs after further review. We'll be back after this.